And good morning, everyone, or good afternoon, or good evening, whichever the case may be on this rotating globe. Welcome to another live edition of The Other Side of Midnight, that magical time between dusk and dawn when, if you're watching the mainstream news, CNN, or Fox, or MSNBC, or any of the online programs on the Internet, you know that anything can happen now, something like 24-7. And in fact, uh, we're hoping to kind of be a part of that. We're, we're working on something. This is going to be kind of part two of last night's conversation with a new set of players, this time some old friends from uh, uh, Bosnia, who happen to run a pyramid archaeological park complex and uh, are able to do the most extraordinary research, which, as we discussed with uh, Maria Wheatley last night, is kind of restricted more and more in places like England and Stonehenge and in, um, in uh, Cairo, you know, the Great Pyramid and other sacred sites. It's like someone is trying to narrow down our avenues to discover what someone out there either extraterrestrial, hyperdimensional, uh, deceased. I mean, you've got to factor that in, that we could be talking to, uh, uh, what was that great line in um, uh, that movie of Bruce Willis, you know, I see dead people. Well, suppose we're talking to people that are no longer kind of hanging out in this three-dimensional realm, but in fact are hanging out in another realm, and they're trying to point us toward crucial things for the evolution of the planet at this crucial time in planetary history as gauged by the great processional clock. All of that we're going to get into in the next three hours. Um, I want to start with a little bit of news uh, as, we're, as we've done now for the past uh, you know, couple, three weeks since uh, Christmas at the first item in Radio with Pictures in my items. Um, we're going to feature again... Uh, uh, the Webb Space Telescope. This is a incredible coming paradigm shift, which has now achieved all except one of its major mechanical goals. It's been unfolded. Mirrors have been deployed. Solar reflectors, this huge uh, sun shield, has been successfully deployed and tensioned. And it's sailing through the dark behind the Earth, heading for the L2 point. So if you want to keep an update, if you want a kind of a running update of what NASA is doing with Webb in terms of now the fine-tuning of the mirrors, taking those 18 hexagonal segments, which each is a major telescope mirror, and focusing them so they become one 22-foot wide mirror, uh, that's what's going to be going on for the next several months. And as I said last night, as you'll read, if you click on item number one in my radio with pictures items, it's taking them months because they're they're moving little motors and little screws and little actuators and little levers with incredibly fine precision. And even running one of these little motors for a full day at high speed only moves one of the mirrors by one millimeter and they have to as as the first step in aligning the mirrors they have to move them out from their locked position for launch by about 12 and a half millimeters 
So as you can see, that takes 12 and a half times 18, that many days to literally get to begin to initiate to start the alignment process. Anyway, all that detail is available uh, at the um, first item in my section tonight. And the way you get there, if you're new to the show, and I know that we have a lot of new listeners who are kind of following this soap opera that is unfolding in front of the world, you simply go to the other side of midnight.com. That's our URL, the other side of midnight.com. Click on tonight's banner, which says very elegantly, I'll get there momentarily. Um, Open Hailing Frequencies. That's the title of our ET Communications experiment. Tonight, we're going to feature the Bosnian Pyramids and their involvement in this continuing enterprise effort at Genuine ET Communications. And when we um, get to the briefing part for Dr. Rizmanovic, which will be maybe an hour and a half into tonight's show, give or take, um, I will give a recap for you new listeners as to what we're doing and how Sam can play a role and his friend and colleague, uh, uh, Goran uh, Marjanovic, who is a radio engineer, has been heavily involved in the Tesla uh, technologies. And uh, I will get to a full um, introduction of, of our guests uh, when we get to that particular point. I want to start with the um, uh, news. Item number one, of course, is the web blog uh, at NASA. What you might want to do if you're going to save this in your cache is to, when you go to it, you want to refresh because for some reason the blog does not automatically update. You have to do that yourself. But they really are putting really good stuff in there, and there's an entire history already there from the launch through uh, tonight. So you might want to, you know, if you're interested in web and what it's going to do for the paradigm of astrophysics and cosmology and life in the universe and uh, maybe even the geopolitics of Earth and extraterrestrials. Um, just kind of work your way from the bottom up. That will give you an exquisite background as to why this is going to be a seminal paradigm shattering this, you know, technology that has now successfully, except for the alignments, been deployed. Item number two which is right under item number one, is kind of like a very simple where is the web telescope. Uh, there's, if you click on that, you'll see a, 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 a kind of a model showing its launch from Earth when it passed the moon. It's en route now to the L2 point, which is a point behind the Earth, away from the sun, about a million miles out. And um, that will let you keep track of details of the mission, where it is, where it is in the deployments, and just physically where it is. So that leads us to item number three. I found this the other day. One of my uh, colleagues sent it, and it's so interesting that I thought you all might want to uh, kind of take a look. This is an amateur astronomer. I'm not quite certain where he is. Uh, I think he's somewhere in the uh, Far East, I believe. But, of course, with the web, you, you can't know. What he did was he was out one night uh, around the 1st of uh, uh, January, New Year's Day, or New Year's Night. And he thought to himself that he would um, photograph a particular constellation, a nebula, whatever. And then he realized somehow, and he describes it 
in his own words, if you read the text, he realized that he was actually looking in the direction of the constellation of Orion. And there, as a little moving point of light, passing very close to Anilim, which is the center star in the belt of the Orion constellation, the little point of light was the Webb telescope moving in the dark against the star field exactly opposite the sun on the night of the first day of the new year. And so he put together a video showing the context of Orion in color and then superimposing a video taken through his telescope with a very high-end digital camera showing, in fact, the little dot of the Webb Space Telescope speeding through space at about 3,600 miles per hour, about 160,000 miles out from the Earth. And that's the music he chose to put against this video. And it's so appropriate because the gas clouds that you see beyond Hubble, just to the upper left, I'm sorry, upper right of Anilum, are something like 1,300 light years away, illuminated by the blue star of Anilum itself, which is a supergiant O-type star burning its fuel at a rate, the ferocious rate that will cause it to die in a type two supernova explosion in about a million years. But in the center of that little red circle on his video, the moving dot is the Webb telescope all folded up, reflecting light from the sun, which is 93 plus million miles behind the camera. Just to give context, to our conversation this evening, because we're talking about nothing less than the ancient history of humanity with whatever is out there amid the stars, which now, for some reason, after we sent those transmissions, is talking back to us and pointing us at sacred sites around the world. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce my first two guests tonight. Uh, Dr. Sam Asmonigich has been a guest on this program many, many times. He has a PhD. He is a Bosnian-born Houston resident. He is an author, a researcher, a businessman. He discovered an ancient pyramid complex just outside Visoko, Bosnia-Herzegovina, consisting to date of 11 artificial structures, most of them on the order of small mountains, the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun, the Bosnian Pyramid of the Moon, the Pyramid of Love, the Pyramid of the Dragon, the Temple of Mother Earth, the Vernaktia Tumulus, the Dolvovi Tumulus, the Ginji Tumulus, the KTK Tunnels, the Underground Labyrinth, Ravne and Ravne II, and those are in the uh, uh, photo section, some of them. He's established a non-profit and non-governmental archaeological park, the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun Foundation, to pursue the excavation and geo-archaeological work of this extraordinary find. And um, 
his background you can read in great detail on the website, uh, so I won't go into it. Uh, he is basically an extraordinarily innovative researcher, a scientist, a real scientist. He has met all kinds of, as one might expect, uh, political opposition from the mainstream archaeological community. Zahi Hawass now, of course, considers him a mortal enemy, at least in public. I'm not quite sure what Zahi thinks of him behind the scenes. I mean, at one point, Zahi, you know, threatened to throw me and uh, a friend of mine in uh, uh, England, you know, to cut our heads off and throw them in a ditch on the road leading between Giza and the, uh, the main city of Cairo. So I'm not quite sure how serious to take Zahi Hawass who used to be the keeper of antiquities and the uh, governor general or whatever title they, you know, apply to his uh, overseeing of the archaeological work on the Giza Plateau. But he has moved more into the background, although not really. And other political forces are moving in Egypt, and uh, we might get into some of that with Sam, because part of what I'd like to do tonight is to talk about this network of ancient sacred sites. And in terms of documentation... Um, mainstream archaeology, radiocarbon dating, has proven that if they're a day, the pyramids in Bosnia are on the order of 30,000 years old. Let me repeat that. Radiocarbon dating of a leaf found under a rock in, I think, the, the tunnels proves that the uh, uh, part of the construction or you know creation of the complex, the, the major pyramid, the tunnels themselves leading to it, is on the order of 30,000 years old. Um, Gobekli Tepe, by contrast, is, quote, only 12,000. So we're really, really delving deeply back in time into the era of multiple hidden, vanished, unsuspected, unknown by the general public and by most of the general scientific community, uh, terrestrial high-tech civilizations capable of building structures on the order of mountains on the same scale, incidentally, as the pyramids that we have discovered at Sidonia and now elsewhere on Mars, like at the southern end of the Jezero Crater. So, are we looking maybe at overlapping, co-equal, coexisting, ancient solar system civilizations? Did the stuff we find on Mars get built by the guys that came to Mars from Earth? Or was it the other way around? Is the stuff we're seeing now on Earth, such as what Sam's found, is it in fact a um, descendant of emigrations from the planet Mars to Earth when things basically there went to hell in a handbasket, to use a technical term. The other major guest this morning is Goran Marjanovic, who is a uh, radio telecommunications expert. He was born in 1955 in Sarajevo and currently lives in Belgrade, Serbia. He's retired. Um, he's been dealing with radio devices, computers, programming, and electronics in general, but specifically, he's been fascinated by theoretical physics for more than 40 years and Tesla's unique legacy for more than 20. He has his own laboratory for researching Tesla technologies. He is the author of a, of a paper entitled Energy Density Quantization Model, which connects 
the material and spiritual aspects of reality, that is science and hyperdimensional physics. And for the last 10 years, he's been searching energy phenomenon as an independent researcher uh, or within several international teams. He has a large number of devices for measuring fields, sounds, scalar fields, orgon energy, which has given him a very broad insight into the structure of reality and the possibility of comparing scientific, esoteric, and ancient knowledge. And gentlemen, welcome back, Sam, and welcome for the first time, Goran, to the other side of midnight. Thank you, Richard. Very happy to be back and seeing you at the full speed. Well, we are embarked on an extraordinary journey. I have no idea where it's going to wind up, but I could think of no better partner to be with on this journey than you. And I'm so glad you invited one of your you know, fellow colleagues to be with us because we're going to need every ounce of out there, outside the box thinking expertise that we can come across. And I'm really looking forward to Goran's contribution to our discussion this morning. But let me start with you. Let's assume, which is not a bad assumption, that a lot of people in my audience, which is all over the world, we're in something like 193 countries. Let's assume because people jump in and out of the radio field a lot, that a lot of people have no idea who Sam Asmonigich is or what the Bosnian pyramids are. And I'd be willing to bet dollars to Navy Beans that some of them can't even find Bosnia on a map. So let's start at the beginning. How did you wind up discovering an extraordinary ancient site that has incredible physical attributes and for whom the research you know, future is almost unlimited. Gladly. It has been 17 years since the discovery of the Bosnian In the meantime, it has become the most active archaeological site in the world, not run by the government, museums, departments of archaeology, but by the non-profit, non-governmental foundation under the name Archaeological Park Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun. Before I discovered the Bosnian pyramids back in 2005, for several decades, I had been researching pyramids and the ancient civilizations around the planet. My PhD was about the Mayan pyramids in the countries of Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, and Belize where I realized that there were more than 100,000 pyramids and 97% of them being covered by soil and vegetation. When I expanded my research, I realized that pyramids were built in Peru, 300 of them, Bolivia, Canary Islands, 104 of them, island of Mauritius in the middle of the Indian Ocean, 224 Nubian pyramids in northern Sudan, 155 pyramids in Egypt, not 118 as non-scientific Wikipedia claims, 155, I've researched all of them, wrote about them. In China, 250 of them in the central province of Shanxi, Koch Ker Pyramid in Cambodia, Gunung Padang in Indonesia, <clears throat> even Gimpi Pyramid in Australia, <laughs> three pyramids in um, Spain, Palencia Pyramids, five complexes in Italy, 16 in Greece. In other words, the world of the past was 
the world of pyramids. So, in 2005, I'm coming to the central Bosnian town of Visoko to visit the local museum, but what really caught my attention was this hill, which everybody called the natural hill. But I could notice regular geometry, four sides, four triangular faces, four corners, the same slope from bottom to the top. I took a compass and it showed me that those four sides perfectly match cardinal points, east, west, north, and south. And even though it was covered by soil, vegetation, pine tree forests, I immediately knew that it had to be an artificial structure, which after thousands of years of wind and rain, you know, it got covered by vegetation. And then in 2006, after my initial preliminary research, I established a foundation and teams of volunteers, and then later on my employees started digging. Five feet below the soil, we discovered rectangular and square blocks in several rows. We've analyzed those blocks in seven institutes for materials in Italy, Politecnico di Torino, in France, Geopolymer Institute, with our friends, Dr. Joseph Davidovic. In Czech, in Slovakia, in Bosnia, everybody told us that it was an artificial concrete. Some people call it geopolymer concrete, and some people call it synthetic concrete. So, the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun is covered in concrete, which is the better quality than what we can make today. So in the meantime, we discovered six pyramids. And like you said, we named them the Pyramids of the Sun, Moon, Dragon, Earth, Love, and the Sixth Pyramid. The Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun is more than two times bigger, larger than the Great Pyramid of Egypt. Three major pyramids in Bosnia, Sun, Moon, and Dragon, formed perfect equilateral triangle. When you draw the line between the tops of the Sun and the Moon pyramids, it's 2,180 meters. From Sun, from, from the Moon to Dragon, 2,180. From Dragon back to the Sun, 2,180. This is perfect geometrical shape and as such, part of the sacred geometry. We also discovered the tumulus complex. The tumulus is an artificial conical hill in archaeology. And finally, huge network of underground tunnels. So far, we discovered six entrances to those tunnels, and their length is at least 60 miles. So far, we... Wait, 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 wait. back up. The, the length of the total tunnel you have now excavated because they were filled they, they were deliberately they were deliberately filled with debris i understand you've now got a combined length of this labyrinth under the ground there of that's 60 we, miles that's what we project so far we have cleared 2.2 miles ah okay okay miles it's really sensation you know when in archaeology uh, 50 meters or 150, 200 feet of prehistorical tunnels are discovered. It's sensation. In our case, we're talking miles. And so far, two levels of 
tunnels. Most probably there are many more. So archaeologically speaking, this is a huge discovery. And then we started noticing that the elements of sacred geometry were incorporated. I mentioned equilateral triangle. But the next thing, the number pi, 3.14, the number phi, the golden section, 1.68, you know, the golden section spiral, when you start with the top of the Bosnian pyramid of the sun, on this spiral we have top of the Bosnian pyramid of love and two more pyramid hills. The second golden section spiral, we have two rivers, the place where they meet, river Foynica and River Bosna. It is the beginning of the spiral. On this spiral, we are finding the top of the Sun Pyramid, one of the entrances to the tunnels, and the tumulus complex. So now, we realize that the ancients, for some reason, were using those elements. Why? Well, because of the energy flow. That's what we realized a little bit later. So, Richard, we discussed the last couple of times that this is the most open archaeological project in the world. Number one, anyone can come, join us, volunteer, and dig with us. I mean, regular people who are not archaeologists, they don't get a chance to become part of the discovery. Like in our case, people come, they discover some of those underground tunnels, they discover the oldest concrete on the planet, they discover artifacts, they discover organic material. And you are right about the age. So far, we have performed 28 radiocarbon dating and uranium thorium analysis. And every, every analysis is pointing that this complex is around 30,000 years. For example, a couple of fossilized leaves that we discovered between two layers, two rows of concrete blocks, they produce the date of 29,200 years plus minus 400 years. It's a radiocarbon date. And uh, when you get the calibrated date, like Dr. Paula Violette helped us with that, it gave us a date of 33,600 years. What does that mean? It means that we have to leave this nonsense that human civilization is only six, 7,000 years, that everything started with Sumerians 7,000 years back. Well, yes, it did start with Sumerians, but hundreds of thousands of years back, like Sumerian King List is telling us. What was happening 30,000, 40,000 years back well, the Turin King List is describing that exactly. Turin King List, which gives us the names of the Egyptian rulers, is going back to 42,500 years ago. Mm. So instead of boring history that they've been teaching us in schools, that we are just a few thousand years old, actually we're going so far back, and the human history is not just the evolution. Human history is cycle after cycle after cycle and we are happy enough and excited that we discovered complex that belongs to one of those previous cycles. Do you think the reason that Bosnia is unique is because you were incredibly insightful and lucky or have other complexes all over the world that are maybe even older been discovered and just ruthlessly suppressed 
because canonically we're not supposed to be older than six or seven thousand years old. Well, you just answered that. However, we are getting into the new era. It's not only the mainstream scientists who work on these sites. You know, back in the 70s, when Eric von Däniken came, you know, he opened the eyes for many of us. In 1990s, people like Hank, John Anthony West, and the others, they helped us realize that there is something wrong with the theories. And finally, 2010, we have people like uh, the discoverer of Gunung Padang Pyramid in, um, in Indonesia, uh, Dr. Danny Hillman. He is PhD, but he is open-minded. We have Michael Tellinger, Stone Circles and Adam's Calendar in South Africa. We have a number of Russian scientists, Valerie Ular. Tell you what, Sam, we're, we're at the bottom of the hour. I hate to cut you off, but uh, we've got three hours, so. My guest this morning is, da- is Dr. Sam Asmonigich, the discoverer and developer of this unique research facility on the Earth, the Bosnian Pyramid Complex. There's more than one. And as you're going to hear as we go through the morning, its role in contemporary history and in changing the paradigm of how old the human race might really be is just at the beginning of unfolding. You're on the other side of midnight. My name is Richard C. Hoagland. We shall return. Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive member benefits. Listen to past episodes anytime on any device. Search the archives of over 180 episodes. Membership costs $9.95 a month, $0.33 cents a day. Support the broadcaster to provide you with the most interesting conversation available. Talk radio at the cutting edge of science and thought. The other side of midnight.com. And welcome back, everyone, on this Sunday night, January 16th, 2022. Not quite a month into what I think, for a variety of reasons, not the least of what we're planning here, could be a truly extraordinary year. Anyway, Sam, please continue. Yes. So more and more independent researchers, people with the PhDs, uh, they've been working around the planet proving that the number of megalithic and pyramid sites are much older than a few thousand years. They actually prove that much before the end of the last ice age, 
we did have advanced civilizations all around the planet. Now, the Bosnian pyramids, since, you know, it's been researched so well and so systematically, it's the best proof that we had very ancient and very developed civilization who knew that the pyramids are not only the most beautiful and most stable structures, but also the energy amplifiers. So starting 2010, we've been involving teams of experts in energy phenomena. Why energy phenomena? Well, I realized traveling around the planet that all these sites, megalithic and pyramid sites, they've been researched exclusively by archaeologists, Egyptologists, eventually geologists, and that's it. It is not enough to figure out the true purpose of pyramids, the builders, and the age. So we opened the project, not only to the classical sciences like archaeology, Egyptology, geology, biology, paleontology, but also to high-tech disciplines, geothermal, satellite, georadial analysis, energy experts like physicists, electrical engineers, sound engineers, telecommunication engineers, the medical experts, the you know, PhDs in medical sciences. And now we are getting so much information. They tell us that ancients did have a knowledge that we can learn from. The so, so hang on a second. These are in essence then ancient, solid state, made of stone, high-tech machines. There you go. This is our major conclusions. Pyramids were not built to bury one dead body, <laughs> that one of King of Pharaoh. They were built to serve the generations of living communities. They were meant to last thousands of years. And now it all makes sense, Richard. As you know, why would somebody move six million tons of blocks to build Great Pyramid of Egypt for one dead body? But if you build such a huge complex, to serve your community and those who are going to come after you in the next few thousand years, then yes, it does make sense. You know, we realize that the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun, as the key structure in Bosnia, was built on the top of the iron plate. Iron generates electromagnetic field. The pyramid amplifies this field. And uh, I realized that back like 12 years ago, when I went to Egypt with, uh, with my uh, Russian friends, geophysicist uh, Professor Oleg Havroshkin and Vladislav Tsiplakov, where we went to the Red Pyramid in Dakshu, because we could not do any measurements at the Giza Plateau because of the guards and the <laughs> military. But the Red Pyramid, you give them some you know, money and they let you climb the pyramid. At the top of the pyramid, the electromagnetic signal is 50 times stronger oh. than at the base, meaning that the pyramid amplifies this energy. The second form of the energy, below the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun, 65 feet below, we have an underground water flow. Water moves, it releases negative ions. And we measure huge concentration of negative ions in the Bosnian pyramid tunnels. 
How do we know that? Because we measure. We use two air ion counters, manufacturers Alpha Lab from the US, and the values are extraordinary. I use those instruments when I travel to South Africa, Swaziland, Zimbabwe, Egypt, Vietnam, US, Germany. The highest values are measured exactly in Bosnia and those tunnels. For example, in your office, in my home right now, 20 to 50 negative ions per cubic centimeter. We go to the downtowns, 150 to 200, top of the mountains, 750 to 2,000. Bosnian pyramid tunnels, 20,000 mm. to 50,000. These are the highest measured concentrations on the planet. The next element, below the first underground water flow, there is the second one. It's about 160 feet below the pyramid. Between the two, we have a charge, electricity. The pyramid somehow pulls this electricity up and to the very top of the pyramid, we measure energy beam, and we're gonna be discussing that, which is 28 kilohertz in frequency, and which is electrical in nature, it's continuous, it's focused. The next energy form, we are discovering during our archeological work, a lot of quartz crystal on the pyramid, in the tunnels. The quartz crystal has the ability to transform one form of the energy through the piezoelectrical effect to another one. For example, if you hit the quartz crystal with electromagnetic field, the result is ultrasound. And guess what? We measure the ultrasound on the pyramid and in the tunnels, the same frequency like electromagnetic field. So it was... So wait, the, 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 the whole pyramid is resonating acoustically at 2,800 hertz? Exactly right. Now, is and that an exact number? Because David, who's going to come on the show in a little while, would like a really precise number. No, he said 28 kilohertz, so that's 28,000 hertz. Which is 28,000 hertz. And Richard is right, exactly. Not, not 2,800, 28,000. 28,000. That's a pretty big wavelength. I mean, that's still a big wavelength. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, this frequency is considered also the levitation frequency. You know, remember Ralph Ring and his research from a few decades ago when he was playing uh, with different frequencies. First, the sound frequency up to 20 kilohertz. And then he went to ultrasound, 21, 22, 20. When he came to 28, he had... Uh, table tennis balls, ping pong balls, on the top of the sound speakers. And at this particular frequency, the ball started levitating, going to the air. So 28 kilohertz frequency is the frequency when you feel really light. You visit the tunnels, you walk through them, you feel light. What does that mean? For example, my mother, she has probably 20, 30 pounds more than she would like to have. <laughs> and, you know, she is a little bit lazy to go to the shops or the stores. But when she's in the tunnels, she's like a bird. You know, she's going back and forth, you know, one kilometer, so no problem. So now, so we realized that somebody wanted to create very specific frequency. In order to do that, they built such a 
amazing complex with the distances and the heights so carefully planned. And I realized also that the ancients, when they were built such an energy machines, you know, they were always working multi-levels. It was not just for the one thing, but several things. For example, last year and the year before that, we were watching the movement of the shadow of the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun in the Valley of the Pyramids. And we realized that the top of the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun is actually the oldest ancient astronomical observatory. How did we figure that one out? Well, we checked the, sh the shadow position at the sunset during three very important days. The first one is, of course, the most important day for the ancient, and that would be the summer solstice. Usually it is June 21st. On June 21st, when we watch the shadow of the sun pyramid going towards the western slope of the moon pyramid, the shadow passes the moon pyramid, and just before the sunset, it forms another shadow pyramid, the top of this shadow matches the top of the moon pyramid and the base of this shadow touches the base of the moon pyramid. So it is like we are watching it in the mirrors. One pyramid to the left, one to the right. Well, this shadow of the sun pyramid is coming to the moon pyramid from the south. Why south? Well, it is the first day of summer. It announces that the hot summer days are coming. And then during the mid-summer, mid-August, when the sun you know, rays are strongest, the days are hottest, the shadow of the sun pyramid completely covers the western slope of the moon pyramid during the, uh, just before the sunset. Completely. And the top of the shadow covers the top of the moon pyramid. It is like the ancients are telling us the rule of the day and the sun is over and the rule of the night and the moon starts. The next date was September 23rd, which would be, of course, the fall equinox. Now the shadow is coming to the moon pyramid from the left side, from the, from the northern side. Why from the north? Because it announces that the fall and the winter colder days are coming. So it's amazing how they use the shadows to tell us about the relationship between two major cosmic bodies that we have, sun and the moon, earth and the sun. Okay, let me, let me ask you an important question here. Were the pyramids in the Bosnian Valley, were they reshaped mountains, or were they That's literally constructed from the ground up to create this specific alignment seasonal geometry this is what our uh, archaeological work has produced three of the structures the bosnian pyramids of the sun moon and dragon which form such a beautiful perfect equilateral triangle they were built structures from the bottom to the top and the rest of them the love pyramid temple of mother earth and the six pyramids are actually shaped hills ah. 
Is it possible that we did have more structures? I think it is very possible because, uh, you know, since 34,000 years back, we had, you know, the ends of the ice age, we had huge floods, and most probably some of those structures have been, you know, destroyed forever. But what we have is a beautiful field for investigation and the research and uh, the ancients were smart. They knew when they made those uh, shapes and uh, those numbers of sacred geometry, that movement of the energy starts. During so, the, during, at, at the end of the last ice age, did the, did the glaciers extend as far south as the pyramids? No. You know, the uh, last ice age in Europe, actually the ice started uh, to the north from Bosnia. It started from Austria, Switzerland, Germany, Poland, France, Scandinavia, UK. There are no those countries that we have today, no solder that can be visible but the ice. And the thickness of ice was reaching uh, 3,000 meters, which is one and a half miles, mm. one and a half miles thick ice. But to the south from Austria, the country that we know today is Slovenia, Croatia, Bosnia, Serbia, Montenegro, Turkey, Greece, southern parts of Italy, southern parts of Spain, Portugal, no ice at all. Matter of fact, in southern Europe, we did not have ice for the last 100,000 years. And these are the parts where the life was thriving. The new science called anthropological genetics is telling us the age of the oldest cultural oasis in Europe. The oldest one are the Basques in Spain and southern France. No wonder that we have those pieces of beautiful cave art, Altamira to Lascaux, which goes back to 34,000 years. And then the second oldest cultural oasis is the Balkan region. Balkan, Bosnia, Serbia, Croatia. We have presence of men for 38,000 years. I'm not saying that the men built those pyramids. I'm saying the men was present when they were built. Mm. And the third oldest cultural oasis is Ukraine, around the Black Sea, 28,000 years old. And the interesting thing, when those research started with the DNA and the genetics back in the 1990s, late 1990s, when we had a number of independent institutes, we were getting those information, which basically proved that there was some civilization first in Southern Europe, secondly, between India and Ecuador, because they found the traces of humans there, like in Ecuador, 50,000 years back. So the idea that the humans came to the North and Central and South America 12,000 years back, basically are not good anymore. Then we, we found the same haplogroups in the Basques region, Spain, Europe, Berbers, Northern Africa, Amazon, South America, and Guatemala. What was missing? the center for distribution, which was exactly in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, or the lost land of Atlantis. So now, this new research, 20 years back, became a danger for the establishment 
because now we are finding proves that we have to have Atlantis, we have to have Magdalene Mu, we have to have Lemuria, we have to have builders of Bosnian pyramids and Egyptian, much older than what they were telling us. And after that, Oxford is taking over all the DNA research through the National Geographic, which was financed by Westinghouse, and of course it all ends up at the elites. They are telling us, no, 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 it's just 10 to 12,000 years, and that's it. So, uh, the human history is so much more interesting than what they try to portray us in the history books. Mm. By the way, if people want to see what the Bosnian pyramids look like, particularly the Pyramid of the Sun, you go to um, Sam's Items, remember, Radio with Pictures, click on the banner on the uh, guest page, click on Sam for Items, that will take you to his section. Item number two is the uh, currently, you know, tree-covered pyramid, looking really pyramidal. But item number three, I guess, is a an artist model of what would happen if you had a huge team that would clear all the trees off the pyramid. Sam, is that right? That's exactly right. What we did, we used the same form, the same shape of the pyramid that you can get it through the aerial photographs. And we just replaced the green color of trees with the gray color of concrete blocks. This is what you are getting. You are getting the largest and the oldest pyramid on the planet. It is so obvious. The corners, the triangular faces, the slopes, and so on. Hmm. So, you kind of summarize very neatly where this fits into standard academic archaeology. But again, I come back to the question, is this the only surviving complex because it was below the glacial line or are there, un, are there current undiscovered other complexes that either have not been found or have been suppressed? There are many more. Dr. Danny Hillman, uh, he's PhD in geophysics. He's from Indonesia, and he wrote the book about the land of Atlantis. Well, uh, when I met with him in Western Java, uh, he was showing me that also it looked like a hill because it was covered by trees. It was actually in the jungle. But you can, you know, through the aerial photographs, you could see that there is a perfect uh, geometrical shape of the pyramid, the four sides, and on the surface, a lot of uh, volcanic, nicely shaped uh, plates. Uh, and he was telling me about four phases. And the first one is about 2,000 years when they built the Buddhist temple there, and 5,000, 12,000, and 24,000 years. He said that the first civilization who built uh, the pyramid was 24,000 years old. That was the radiocarbon dating, which probably take us to, let's say, 28,000 as a calendar uh, age. And then the Yonaguni monument, which was found on the bottom of the Pacific floor of the coast of Japanese island of Yonaguni, they showed not one, but 13 underwater cities connected by number of uh, stone roads. Since they are submerged, they are on the bottom of the Pacific, 30 to 80 meters, so 100 to 250 feet, 
below the level of the Pacific Ocean, obviously they were built much before the end of the last ice age. What happened while we were having the ice age, a lot of water was actually, you know, in the ice. But when the ice melted, the... So the ocean level at that ancient time was much lower. Much lower, but when the ice melted, the Pacific Ocean rose for 250 feet, and those stone cities came under the water. And even Gobekli Tepe, which you mentioned, I, I was taking groups to prehistorical Turkey, visiting Gobekli Tepe several times, and I was the first scientist who actually did energy measurements at the mm. site. Dr. Klaus Schmidt, which is uh, the discoverer of the site, late Klaus Schmidt, he passed away seven years back. But when I talked to him, he told me that the age is probably between 15 and 18,000 years, and uh, that there are not three stone circles. That's how many he had seven years back, but most probably 100 of them. In the meantime, when the Turkish government took over, they discovered three more, so there are six of them now that you can see at the site, but most probably 100 of them. When we uh, think about magnificent of the site, one of those stone circles, it looks like a Stonehenge. It consists of huge T-shaped blocks. You know, they are five, eight, 12 tons in mass. Mm. Interesting thing, there is not a single residential village in the area. So who built them? What was the purpose? You know how the archaeologists, historians like to say, oh, there was a huge community who built it so they could sacrifice, blah, blah, blah. Right, right. No residential villages. So somebody built hundreds of stone circles. It had to be reason for that. Well, my energy measurements produced the same result like in Bosnia. They were also built to amplify and focus the energy. And what you can read in, again, non-scientific Wikipedia and non-scientific Encyclopedia Britannica, they're telling <laughs> us they were, built, they were built by the primitive cavemen like they had nothing else to do. Yeah, of they course. Were, you know, dragging those huge stone blocks, perfectly shaping them. And then they were saying sacrifice, you know, religion and stuff like that. You know, when so, I... Well, well, when I first saw Gobekli Tepe, and I haven't been able to get there to measure it, you know, with the Akatron, but you know the Akatron that I've been using to measure the, the fields around these sacred sites, the, the core of it is a, is a vibrating tuning fork, and the energy changes the inertia, the mass of the tuning fork, and thereby changes the frequency, and that's how we know this is non-electromagnetic. It has to do with the fundamental matrix of the ether, the torsion field itself, that the, these, these structures are solid state amplifiers of that field. And then by metonymy, electromagnetism as a kind of a, you know, it kind of comes along for the ride. When I saw Gobekli Tepe, those big T-shaped things reminded me of huge tuning forks. Mm. And, and the idea was if you resonate them with sound, you turn and modulate the energy, the torsion field of the site, of the complex, 
And if you have a whole bunch of people, basically a chorus singing, chanting in unison, that's where the sound comes from. And you do amazing things to the biology and to the consciousness of the people doing the chanting. Wonderful. I think you are, you are on, the, on, the, on, the, on the track. I think you are completely right. When we realized that the Bosnian pyramids do amplify the energies, we started figuring out what was the energy used for. And then we can discuss that the last hour. But before that, after the break, we can discuss what we actually measured in Bosnia. And no better person than Goran Marjanovic, our next guest after the break. I think uh, you will be amazed by the results that he was getting. Cool, cool. Um, going back to the idea that we have missing pyramids, I mean, you've never held that Bosnia was unique, just the only one you found. Where would you look other than uh, Java? You said you had that conversation. Have you ever looked at the northern islands of Japan? Because I have a friend who used to live there who claimed that the massive structures on Hakido are actually huge artificial pyramids. It is possible. It can be artificial pyramid. It can be also shaped pyramid. Sometimes we can see some amazing hills. And even Kailash in Tibet, it is not a regular pyramid, the triangle faces, but it does have four sides. They are perfectly oriented. It is surrounded by 10 smaller, regular pyramid-shaped hills, some of them being steps pyramids, some of them true pyramids. So there are some amazing stuff in the nature, and uh, you cannot really uh, say that they are built by humans. You don't see blocks, concrete blocks, or you don't see limestone blocks or granite blocks. But it seems like somebody in very distant past has the ability to shape huge mountains and probably to get the same energy phenomenon. Hmm. Well, this is extraordinary. Uh, we're at the top of the hour, so we're going to pause for a moment. Uh, my guest this morning is Dr. Sam Asmonigich, and we're going to introduce his colleague and the co-experimenter. Um, who is more familiar with the technologies, particularly measuring of these energy fields and this extraordinary beam, this radial beam that uniquely emanates from the apex of the Pyramid of the Sun there in the Bosnian Valley of the Pyramids, extending up into space. And I'm not sure whether they measured the top of it, if it has a top or it just keeps going and going and going. You're on the other side of midnight. My name is Richard C. Hoagland. We shall return.
TheOtherSideOfMidnight.com Tune in to listen to Richard C. Hoagland and his fascinating guests. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive member benefits. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll gain access to the rest of this show and all previous 350 episodes. Membership costs $9.95 a month, 33 cents a day. Support the broadcast that provides you with the most interesting conversation available. Talk radio at the cutting edge of science and thought. The other side of midnight.com. And welcome back, everyone, on this Sunday night, January 16th, 2022. We're talking with Dr. Sam Asmonagach, Asmonagach, I'll do that right momentarily, um, who is the founder and the developer of this unique archaeological complex on Earth, the only one I know of that's in private hands, which means he can kind of look into mysteries and questions and scientific puzzles that uh, the mainstream is not very happy about. Um, so, Sam, uh, let us, let's bring on your friend Goran and talk about the energy phenomenon that's measurable at the um, uh, Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun. Because, again, of all these ancient structures anywhere on Earth that I'm aware of, Guy there in Bosnia is the only one that has a um, dog barking on the top. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. It's ideal to talk about this phenomena. He's uh, one of the few people on the planet who knows the Nikola Tesla's work the best. Ah. And it gave him a special perspective because, as we know, Nikola Tesla was in the research of the subtle forms of energy and I think Goran was very happy to discover something like that on the top of the Bosnian pyramids. So Goran, are you with us? Yes, I'm here. Okay. The floor is yours. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, first of all, I would like to greet uh, to Dr. Semi Rosmanagic and thank him uh, for the support and the opportunity to, to perform numerous measurements of energy phenomena, not only in the archaeological park, Bosnian pyramids, but also throughout the region of Southern Europe. I met Dr. Semir Osmanagic about 10 years ago 
at one of his lectures on pyramidal structures at a conference held on mountain Rotan in Serbia. <laughs> on that occasion, in addition to numerous pyramids around the world, he also spoke about the objects in archaeological park, park uh, Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun. Speaking about the research of the Pyramid of the Sun, he mentioned the measurements of engineer Slobodan Mizra from Zagreb, Croatia, performed in spring 2010. Okay. Who detected 28 kilohertz radiation at the top of the pyramid in the form of the energy beam with a radius of 4.5 meters. Even more controversial was the fact that the intensity of the energy beam was increased with the height. Dr. Osmanagic noted that both of uh, these facts are inexplicable in from the aspect of official science. As a communications engineer, I agree with this opinion, but as a long-term researcher of Tesla's legacy, these measurements are absolutely in line with Tesla's ideas and explanation of the work of his machines, whose concept is based on his ethereal technologies. A few days before this meeting, accidentally or not, on the mountain Rutan, I found out that height of this mountain is 1,565 meters which is a quarter wavelength of the first harmonic of Tesla's famous magnifying transmitter for Colorado Springs. Oh, my gosh. Yes, it was very unusual coincidence that indicated a possible connection between pyramidal structures and Tesla technology. Oh, I, I, I can just see David jumping up and down in his office over there in, uh, in, in Canada. Go, go ahead, Goran. Yes, uh, this unusual coincidence combined with uh, Mr. Mizrak's measurements became even more unusual regarding the fact that the operating frequency of Tesla's most controversial device, the world radio station intending for transmitting speech images, and for wireless transmission of energy, the famous Wardenclyffe Tower in Shoreham was exactly 28 kilohertz. <laughs> and this was the motive for further and detailed research of energy phenomena that characterize pyramidal structures. So wait, wait, you're saying that the two were identical, what, what uh, Tesla tried to build with uh... J.P. Morgan's finances until Morgan cut him off on Long Island, uh, east of New York City, and the pyramid in Bosnia, and the 28 kilohertz, 28,000 cycle per second frequency is locked in because what? The designers 
chose that arbitrarily or is that a natural harmonic of the planet Earth itself and the only frequency where this broadcast power uh, idea would technically work? Yes, this, this is very interesting. And, and uh, uh, my investigations showed that uh, Tesla was the uh, greatest scientist uh, not only investigator, but I think greatest scientist of this civilization who approached to the ancient knowledge. Uh, after all these years on, of investigations, I'm sure, because uh, uh, it is very interesting that Tesla never spoke about pyramids. Uh, he never... Nope, nope. He never, uh, 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 mention uh, 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 that word, but uh, results uh, uh, which uh, uh, he get is uh, is a very very extraordinary. Why? Because uh, we know that our uh, 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 reality uh, has a holographic form of a fractal type, so we have to have a, a, a strong analogies be between different aspects of reality. Uh, Tesla didn't mention never, no, nor pyramids, nor cosmic constants like uh, golden mean, golden section, uh, number pi, etc., etc. But uh, analyzing his work, you, you can find these uh, uh, relations in in uh, in his machines, not only as uh, geometrical uh, data, but uh, in the relations of frequency, uh, energy spectrum, etc., etc. And that's the uh, main reason why uh, why uh, I became very interesting for uh, pyramidal structures. So. I asked uh, Dr. Samir to, uh, for more details what what was measured, what uh, Mr. Mizrak measured there. Was, was that uh, electromagnetic uh, uh, energy or mechanical vibration, sound, ultrasound, etc., etc. And <laughs> Dr. Osmanavi said to me that it would be best that I come to Visoka and do my own measurings and uh, see what's happening there. So uh, in April 2011, I went to Visoka and do the first measurings with uh, very, very simple equipment in that time. But uh, what I find uh, was uh, present of uh, electromagnetic waves, uh, sound, ultrasound waves, which is a uh, 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 mechanical vibration with a mean value of, of 28 to 30 kilohertz uh, because I do measurings on all the facilities in the archaeological park uh, uh, and the difference are not the same but in, in, in this area. Uh, what uh, that uh, was very interesting for me uh, because uh, this, this uh, uh, energy uh, uh, was measurable 
and detectable in, in all areas, not only on the top of the pyramid, but uh, on the top of, of the other pyramids. And uh, what was a great surprise for me, inside of the tunnel, uh, 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 yeah, because we know that the tunnels are some kind of a Faraday cage, and uh, in, in, in Rana tunnels you cannot receive mobile phones, radio station, television, etc., etc. But uh, signal of 28 kilohertz is uh, measurable inside the tunnels, and it signal that signal is the strongest. Uh, near the walls of the tunnels. <laughs> that, that is very, very So, Sam, just, just so, I, so I give people a complete picture, the tunnels you've been excavating are some hundreds or thousands of feet from the base of the pyramid, pyramid of the sun itself. They're kind of in an outlier area underground, but they're not under the pyramid. You haven't gotten under the pyramid yet. Am I right? That's correct. That's correct. As a matter of fact, the first tunnel that we discovered, Ravne, it is 2.4 kilometers, oh. 1.5 miles away from the Sun Pyramid. KTK is about 800 meters, which is about uh, you know, 900 yards from the pyramid. And four more tunnels, they are all more than 2 kilometers from the pyramid. However, when we had Russian scientists, Russian geophysicists, they brought geoelectrical equipment and they measured from the top of the Sun Pyramid. And as you know, geoelectrical uh, equipment, which actually produced, you know, uh, electrical uh, rays, it goes down and below and uh, it moves at different speeds because different materials have different resistance. It's not the same speed when it moves through the stone, clay, empty space, water, metal, and so on. So what they told us was that 280 meters below the top, which is about 900 feet, below the top of the Sun Pyramid, there was a network of tunnels and chambers. And guess what? Entrances to our tunnels, they are all about 280 meters below the top of the Sun Pyramid. So we know that eventually we're going to get under the pyramid and connect to those tunnels. But at the same time, it is one huge body, the pyramids and the tunnels. Okay, so Goran, are the tunnels... Yes, yes. Is the whole tunnel complex, in essence, a connected labyrinth of waveguides for this particular 28 kilohertz frequency? Yes, you are absolutely right. Uh, but this, but the, uh, the, the, ten, the 28 kilohertz frequency is 10.7 kilometer wavelength. So it's a huge wavelength. Yes. Yes, <laughs> but uh, we have to know that uh, what we measure with, uh, with uh, our instruments, uh, uh, which we use, uh, scientific instruments, uh, uh, measure uh, uh, electric uh, field, magnetic field, but this kind of uh, energy form is uh, 
regarding my opinion, is only the shadow of a real energetic flows, which are subtle energy flow of, uh, uh, we can say, superfluid quantum vacuum oscillation. Well, I would say I would say that the uh, the uh, or Akasha. I would say the torsion. I would say the torsion field, or the ether. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Next. Next. Yes. Ne- next question. Because I now that I've got Goran here, Sam, I want to really, you know, ask him really interesting technical questions. Um, do you think the twenty-eight kilohertz frequency is a subharmonic of something much higher? Yes, and then that's absolutely correct because we know that Tesla spoke about his system in Shoreham, uh, his famous uh, tower for sending uh, wireless energy, uh, used the Earth, planet Earth, as a resonator. Right. By, like a wood box uh, for a guitar, <laughs> which amplifies. Yep, yep the vibrations of the wires. So, so uh, uh, I think that Tesla used the completely analog system to the system which ancient uh, uh, apply in the pyramidal structures. And uh, my uh, explanations about uh, results which we found and which are hardly explainable from the aspects of... Uh, uh, science uh, standard we electromagnetic have to, we have theory to, we have to do uh, something to, to uh, find uh, who speak the truth and in April 2012 we, 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 we have a great experiment uh, with uh, more than uh, 20 uh, investigators, scientists from all the world, leading by, by Mr. Slobodan Mizrak in the team, uh, was Dr. Sandy Rosmanagic, for example, uh, Dr. Paolo de Bertolis from Italy, Dr. Domago Nikolic from Croatia, Dr. Ivan Shimatovic from Croatia, engineer Heiki Savalainen from Finland, me and Sasha Nashvili from Serbia. And we, uh, what we done there, we, we used very sophistical uh, instruments and equipment, which I, I, can, I think that uh, was more than 200 euros, 200,000 euros uh, different uh, uh, amplifiers, sensors, cameras, and uh, what we uh, done uh, on that day measurements lasted uh, more than uh, 48 hours. We we emit a signal of 28 kilohertz uh, with a special antenna toward the center of the pyramid, from the top to the center, and with the sensors for electromagnetic fields, uh, for um, sound, piezo elements, etc., etc., we uh, analyze, measure, and analyze uh, the result of interaction between the signal which we which we emit to the pyramid 
and the signal which pyramid <laughs> emits uh, to the above. So hang on, hang on. What, you, you, you deliberately, in this set of experiments, beamed a radio signal into the pyramid at what frequency? Uh, also 28 kilohertz. 20, exactly 28 kilohertz, point zero zero zero. okay. Yes, yes, yes. And then you, and and the, then you, and then you monitored what the pyramid answered. Exactly. How is she going to answer? Yes, but we, uh, what we measured with our uh, detectors, which were, which were placed around uh, that uh, uh, beam, uh, which pyramid emits, uh, 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 on the positions a few meters around and uh, uh, on a different altitude and uh, using uh, 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 sophisticated software, we analyzed the res uh, results of interactions with uh, that signals and what we found that the source of electromagnetic radiations which uh, pyramid emit is uh, below the top of the pyramid on a distance of uh, 2,474 meters, which is a lambda quarter for a frequency of 28 kilohertz. What does that mean? That the pyramid is some kind of antenna or resonator for this uh, signal of 28 kilohertz. Now, wait a minute. Also, hang on, hang on. You're saying that the source of the energy, the beam, the 28 yes. kilohertz beam, is located miles below the Bosnian pyramid? Below the top, inside of the pyramid. But we're talking miles. If, if you're talking 2,000 plus meters... You know, three times two, that's almost, uh, almost two miles. Yes, almost, yes, yes. But this number is a lambda quarter, almost lambda quarter for a frequency of 28 kilohertz. Right. <laughs> and, with, with that's that's very, rich, and we know uh, that, that, that all antenna on, has, a, has a maximal efficiency if their length is lambda quarter for Exactly, the exactly. Vibration. Okay, what I'm, what I'm getting at is, and Sam, you and I have never really talked about this, but I'm so glad Goran's on tonight, because are you saying that there is some kind of ancient artificial transmission technology buried almost two miles below the Bosnian pyramid? Yes, but, but mystery became greater and greater because uh, expected the signal level about uh, regarding our theoretical uh, investigations was about 1.1 volt, but uh, measured values uh, uh, reached 3.6 volts, <laughs> about three times higher <laughs> value. <laughs> uh, and uh, we uh, uh, also uh, see that the concentration of electromagnetic and ultrasonic waves. So. It's very interesting that we have two form, forms of, of vibration, electromagnetic and ultrasonic, uh, within the circle of about uh, five meters. But uh, five meters 
compress uh, electromagnetic wave in the area of five meters, which is frequency is 28 kilo, kilohertz, is uh, very complicated for ordinary technology. But this is a real measurement. And uh, okay, so next, hang on, hang on. Based on the monopole, you know, quarter wave equation, you're saying that the transmission source is located 2,000 meters below the apex of the Bosnian pyramid, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, 2,000 meters times three, that's 6,000, 7,000 feet, so about a mile and a half, okay? And you're saying yes. that instead of being an isotropic source, meaning it's radiating spherically and some of it's coming up through the pyramid, it's somehow being channeled or ducted by a waveguide that extends below the pyramid that we can see a mile and a half down so that by the time it gets to the apex, it's not weakened. It's actually strengthened by resonances on the way up. Yes, yes. But what's more, the, the, the dimensions of the Visochitsa hill or pyramid of the sun, <laughs> these values are absolutely correlative with these numbers. Uh, and <laughs> what's more, the altitude or height of Visochitsa is exactly the same as the length of uh, 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 wire in, in Tesla uh, Collins in Colorado Springs if he's magnifying transmitter. Mm. <laughs> it's unbelievable. In the meter, the, the, these values are absolutely the same, etc., <laughs> uh, etc. Et but uh, this is not the end. Uh, our investigations show very, very—I I have to say—more than interesting things, uh, because we know that in terms of resonance systems or of a signal amplification by affirmatively interference processes, quarter and half of vibration wavelength are crucial values for the standing waves creation process. Research of electromagnetism and topography of the Bosnian Valley, Valley of Pyramids has shown that the mutual distances of objects has very close and absolutely non-random values which are very close to a quarter wavelength for a frequency of 28 kilohertz. So, according to the real structure of the archaeological park Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun, and the real object arrangement and their mutual distances seems that the controversial energetic beam that pyramid of the sun emits is not only the result of geometry and structure of this object, but also is the result of entire archaeological park structure and specific objects layout and their positioning in the places where they really are. 
measurements carried out during this research pointed to the deep connection of frail physical, geometrical, and topological parameters of archaeological park Bosnian Pyramids of the Sun facilities with the measured electromagnetic radiation parameters, magnetotelluric signals, and the subtle energy phenomena that were registered. These facts reduce the possibility of any stochastic character of the analyzed objects. The design and structure of the phenomena measured are not likely the result of the solely natural, geological, climatic, and similar processes, but on the contrary, as the result of the knowledge and influence of the ancient advanced technology. Wow. Sam? Richard, I got to tell you something mind-blowing here. It's mind-blowing. If you take a monopole whose height is 1.618039887 miles, its wavelength times four as a monopole will produce just over 28 kilohertz. Oh, my, 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 my. Okay, (laughs) hold it there, guys, because we're on the uh, cusp here of another break. Got to hit the right button. Here we are. My guest this morning, Dr. Sam Ismanagic, and his uh, colleague and radio expert and Tesla uh, investigator, Goran uh, Manogovic, is, is telling us stunning new stuff. The complex in Bosnia was deliberately designed, obviously, to amplify this specific beam of energy beaming into space from the apex of the Pyramid of the Sun. That's what Goran just said, that the whole geometric layout of the complex is part of the resonant amplification system that results in this beam. So the obvious question that I'm going to ask when we come back is, have they detected any modulation of the beam? Which gets into the eclipse experiment, that I asked Sam to do some years ago and the results of that and then the idea for doing it during eclipses of the sun. And we'll get into all that when we return to the other side of midnight for this Sunday night, January 16th, 2022. Don't touch that dial. other side of midnight.com talk radio with pictures on demand liberate your hyperdimensional time scale and non-linearly access over 400 hours of conversation at the cutting edge of science and thought join club 19.5 to get access to exclusive content that fits your interests and time schedule Filter episodes by guest or subject. 
Membership costs $9.95 a month, 33 cents a day. Talk radio with pictures on demand. The other side of midnight.com. This is just unbelievable. I mean, we seem to have the fingerprints of a verifiable, technologically verifiable, scientifically verifiable, engineeringly verifiable, ancient, high-technology complex in Bosnia whose purpose, among other things, was to vibrate the ether, the torsion field, and create as a side effect, a 28,000 cycle per second beam of collimated, you know, 15 foot wide energy, a radio column extending up into space and going how far? Going where? Going when? Sam, this is so super cool. Definitely. And uh, yes, like you said, years ago, and I will tell you exactly when, it was the year of 2018, when during one of our talks you said, Sam, the moon eclipse is coming on July 27, 2018. Why don't you go ahead with your team and measure if this cosmic event is going to affect your energy beam on the top of the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun. So sure enough, I invited Goran to come to Bosnia and do the measurements on July 27, before the moon eclipse and during the moon eclipse. Of course, the moon eclipse and the movement of the sun and the moon and you know, their relations to the Earth should have some effect to the energy processes on the planet. Now, Goran, do you remember your measurements then? <laughs> yes. And the moon okay, now you take over. <laughs> yes. Uh, that was uh, uh, very interesting, but I, I was not surprised because uh, we, we already saw that uh, energy... Uh, which is emit from the pyramidal structures is somehow connected to the to the universe, to the planets, to the sun, of course. Uh, and uh, my measurements show that <laughs> that this alignment of uh, uh, four objects, as, as I remember, sun, earth, uh, moon, and the Mars, I think, uh, in one line. Uh, 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 has a, a result uh, what was uh, detectable and measurable and uh, because I, I, I do measurements all the day in, from the morning uh, to the midnight and, uh, and uh, maximal align, alignment was uh, about I, uh, as I remember about uh, 9 o'clock in the evening 
And what I can see that the uh, intensity of, or the strength of the energy will increase with time. <laughs> and uh, maximal intensity was in the moment when all these objects were absolutely aligned, about 9 o'clock. And after that, uh, intensity started to decrease. And in the moment uh, uh, when, uh, in, the, in, the, in the moment of align, maximal alignment, the signal was, as I remember, 2.5, maybe three times greater than the signal in the morning and about uh, midnight. <laughs> that's very interesting, but, but uh, that's not a surprise for me because uh, earlier measurements show uh, uh, the great uh, connection of, between uh, this uh, energy uh, emitted from the, the, the pyramid facilities and, uh, and the planet's position. In uh, our magnetotelluric research in June uh, 2016, uh, electromagnetism and topography of the Bosnian Valley of the pyramids, uh, we find definitely, and uh, uh, on the scientifically methods, uh, scalar waves on Bosnian pyramids. Mm. Uh, that's very interesting. Uh, the fact that uh, original measurements done by uh, Mr. Mizdrak and Dr. Semir Osmanagic uh, in 2010 were performed up to the about three meters uh, was the motive for the measurement of the signal strength at the higher altitudes above the top of the pyramid of the sun. Okay, let me interrupt uh, there. Uh, have you tried flying a balloon or a drone through the beam <laughs> to see yes. how far up it goes? Yes, yes, that's a great problem. <laughs> because drones in, 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 in that time, that was uh, 2016, uh, wasn't uh, strong. So in order to, to do that measurement, measurements, we, we had to make a flying laboratory <laughs> that would register the signal strength in the area above the pyramid in vertical and horizontal plane. We combined, uh, so we combined a, a drone aircraft, PC oscilloscope, with a tablet computer because the equipment was limited to 800 grams. <laughs> and so I cannot use my ordinary equipment, oscilloscope, etc., etc. Right. But we use tablet and, uh, with Windows operation system, etc. Uh, and so, so, uh, hang on, so, so hang on. So you put the instruments on a tablet. You recorded everything on board. You didn't try to transmit it to the ground because that would have been added weight. And then when you got it back, you unloaded the... The, 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 yes, the that, that was memory. Uh, that was uh, that was uh, equipment which can uh, 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 register and record uh, intensity of the electric field and the moments in which this, the, that value is measured. So, using our flying laboratory, drone navigators Marko Panchak from Slovenia and <laughs> Stepan Matijevich. Uh, from Croatia, flew over several objects 
up to the height of about 50 meters and the same radius in the horizontal plane. Combining the results of the voltage measured at a given time recorded in a tablet computer in the area above the pyramid in vertical and horizontal plane and uh, data about flight trajectory and registered voltage values in certain flood flight points. In this way, we obtained a three-dimensional structure of the electric field intensity. Measure, measurement anal uh, measurement anal uh, analysis of uh, three-dimensional energy field structure in this research mission indicates an uh, extremely unusual and unconventional distribution of energy density of the electric field above Bosnian pyramid of the sun. The field intensity, it is very interesting, increases to the height of 21.3 meters above the top of the pyramid and then start to decrease. The same happens in the horizontal plane where the intensity was maximal in the center and decreases toward periphery of the ellipsoid, this energy ellipsoid. This form is analogous to the concept of a scalar field, the shape of an elongated ellipsoid with a maximum energy density in, in its center at a height of 21.3 meters above the pyramid of the sun. Such, and we can say egg-shaped energy structure exhibit multi-layered ellipsoidal energy phenomena characteristic for torsion fields ah. which by, by its mechanism for spherical energy structures or scalar waves or three-dimensional standing or slowly moving waves that have very specific properties of and characteristic of propagation. Generally, torsion fields are non-electromagnetic and non-gravitational phenomena that propagate at superluminal speeds, which are about a, a, a billion times faster than the speed of light. They affect gravity and biostructures, and regarding Dr. Nikolai Kozirev, Dr. Klaus Volkaner, Dr. Anatoly Hatrin, etc., possesses elementary awareness. <laughs> Real objects' topological arrangement is geometry and structure mm. in the wave mechanics terminology correspond to the terms of affirmative interference processes or amplitude and phase harmonizing ah. of individual energy fields and forming a three-dimensional three-dimensional standing wave that is constitution of complex scalar or, or we can use synonyms torsion 
Action. Wow. Okay. Hydroelectronic, etc. Fields. Sam, so, I, 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 oh, go so, ahead. Sorry. So the idea of uh, Dr. Samir Osmanovich of pyramidal structures, energy machines that could also serve as elements of space internet <laughs> is really not without foundation. <laughs> Perfect. Wonderful. Okay. Sam, I got two very bizarre questions. One, I guess, maybe for you, Gorin, and one for Sam. For, for, for Gorin, would it, be, would it be an appropriate inference that the pyramid has eroded and the 21-plus meters where the energy peaks in this beam actually is marking the actual original height of the, mon- of the uh, you know, monopole antenna represented by the original pyramid. Yes, because uh, this value of 21 meters is uh, absolutely the same point of the virtual height of the pyramid of the sun. That's what I'm asking, exactly. Okay. (laughs) Now, Sam, here's the hard one. Why have you been doing the tunnels, you know, a mile or so away at the base when I would think you should be tunneling into the center from the from one of the sides to find the waveguide and follow it down to the source of the transmissions over a mile below the pyramid. This is why. We started the digging back in 2006, getting all the permissions from the Ministry of Culture of Bosnia. However, the resistance from the cultural establishment, archaeologists, geologists, historians, museum curators, was so strong. They put the pressure on a national commission for the protection of the national monuments. They asked them to stop the digging. So what they did, they changed the law and they proclaimed the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun to be protected area. So since uh, the government uh, property is about 80% of the pyramid, 80%, the rest of it are the private properties. There are houses at the base of the pyramid. So they basically, by changing the law, they stopped us from digging on the pyramid itself. So we had to find a way how to get in the pyramid or under the pyramid, and the answer were the tunnels. The closest one, which is about 800 yards, the, what we call KTK tunnels, it goes below the river, but when we got close to the river, the water started pouring, and because of safety reasons, we had to stop with that one. And in the meantime, we discovered five more tunnels. They are all at a relatively, you know, big distance from the pyramid, but that's the best bet that we have now. And since those tunnels have exactly the same values, energy phenomena, like on the pyramid, we concluded it's the same energy body. So eventually we're going to get there under the pyramid. So they're, so they're all part of the same waveguide system, and if you follow another yeah. one that isn't filled with water, eventually you'll be able to come in under the pyramid and under their legal... I mean, why would they want to protect a damn mountain when they don't think it's an archaeological thing at all? 
Well, they are using as an excuse ah. the medieval fortress, which was on the top of the pyramid. They are saying, well, you know, it's oh, a ah. fortress. And even though this fortress has been neglected for 550 years <laughs> since the Ottomans came, right. they use it as an excuse to stop us. Many people didn't like this project. What is the reason? Is it jealousy? Is it envy? Is it lack of knowledge? It's is suppression it... of human history. Come on, hey. Sam. Yes. You yes. know exactly, and they're, they're using a legal loophole to try to yes. prevent you from extending the research to the ultimate conclusion, and you're going to be able to outfox them. Yes. But you see, if I can kind of summarize what Goran was saying, you know, that excellent idea of yours, to measure the effects of the total moon eclipse in 2018 helped us to realize that during that particular date, when we had alignment of four cosmic bodies in our solar system, Sun, Moon, Earth, and Mars, plus we had the moon eclipse, you know, did affect this energy beam because the electric field was more than twice as strong during the moon's eclipse. That was amazing. <laughs> the second thing you did mention... Well, hang on a second, because uh, yeah. Goran said he expected something like that. You told me flatly you didn't, and then you said, my God, you were right, and I was wrong. Yeah. And I, uh, You're such a damn good scientist, <laughs> Sam, to admit, yeah. you know... Yeah. But that's not all. Listen to this. When we were thinking about the direction of this energy beam, we got that answer also when we were using the drone, you know, to measure all these uh, different phenomena. We got that one because we measured during the afternoon hours. And as we know, the path of the sun in the morning, east. Noontime, south. Afternoon, southwest, evening, west. Well, in the afternoon hours, the energy beam was exactly measured at southwest. So it seems that this energy beam follows the path of the sun. Mm. What does that mean? Hypothetically, there is maybe a communication between the pyramids and the sun. And it is two-way communication because the pyramid does emit the energy. But like Goran said, at the same time, they are antennas. They receive the, the energy. They receive the signals. Does it mean that the, our planet, the pyramids, use the sun as the, some sort of cosmic gate so we can further communicate with other solar systems? Yep. And maybe other galaxies. Yep. If that is the case, <laughs> then we have the cosmic internet in front of us. Exactly. Now, when we when we when we last heard from the results on the on the on the lunar eclipse, remember I suggested strongly that you needed to measure a solar eclipse. Have you been mm. able to do that? No. But now when you reminded me, yes, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to go after, sol after next solar eclipse. And it doesn't have to be over Bosnia. 
what I okay. found is that an eclipse over any part of the Earth, I can measure with the Acatron sitting in my, you know, den, anywhere on the planet. If you happen to be on the other side of the Earth, in other words, the eclipse is taking place in the other hemisphere, effects go right through the Earth like it's transparent as glass. So you can pick eclipses that are close to you, that are partial. You don't have to be in the path of totality, and you don't have to have the sun overhead. The sun can be on the other side of the world, and you should still measure astonishing things with the modulation of that beam. Mm-hmm. Okay. Richard? Okay, back. Yeah, this reminds me that to renew invitation to you <laughs> to come visit measure. Oh, I would love to. It, it, it will eventually happen. You know, Robin's, Robin's death really put such a crimp in doing all that because she was such an important part. I know. But I think probably she's watching you now, thinking, well, now it's time for you to go to Bob. <laughs> okay, let me ask you a question of Goran. Um, I asked before, and then we're going to bring David and, and Jonathan in. Um, have you measured any modulation of the beam over time? No. Darn. No. No, but, but uh, it is very possible. Uh, that, uh, maybe that I should maybe I should rephrase uh, the question. Have you is, looked is, for is, any? I'm sure that it is modulating, but uh, I didn't do measuring because the uh, the model which I uh, think uh, is uh, uh, can explain this mechanism show the existence of. Uh, Torsional energy flows uh, which change in their direction uh, and intensity, and uh, and that, that work is is confirmed on the second conference uh, uh, in Visoko by uh, Austrian uh, curator. Uh, I cannot remember the name, Mr. Osmanagic. Please help me. Klaus Dona. Uh, which, yes, Klaus Dona, which uh, showed the internal structure of uh, Bosnian pyramid of the sun, which has a circular form. Uh, and uh, such form of, of, of tunnels inside of the pyramid uh, uh, can cause the... the, the uh, can be the main cause of the, the torsional energy flow, which we measure above the pyramid. Hmm. Okay, we're close to the top of the hour. I want to bring David and Jonathan on when we reach the top of the hour. And we may have Maria with us if she is up. She should be up. She said she'd be here in the third hour. So in the last couple of minutes I have remaining, um, what, what do you expect if you can actually get under the pyramid Find the central waveguide, the 15-foot-wide waveguide that's got to be a tunnel, and follow it a mile down. What do you expect might be at the bottom of that tunnel? Well, archaeologically speaking, we are talking about the tunnels and chambers. But from the energy standpoint of view, those chambers are actually the resonance chambers. I don't expect yes. too much 
many artifacts. This is a very complex machine. Somebody knew how to produce very specific frequencies. Are you going to find some pieces of equipment that were, you know, used to amplify those frequencies, to amplify the strength of signals? I don't know, probably not, because after so many years, probably they are gone. But the beauty of archaeology and the research is you don't know what you will find next. And we are in that process. Mm. Guys, I'm, I'm thinking that if you can get down there and it's going to cost some money, you're going to find technology, and I'll tell you why. One of the aspects of the torsion field hyperdimensional model is the technology created around it has negative entropy. It literally, the field slows corrosion. It slows the attack by elements. In other words, it produces devices which could last and function for thousands, if not tens of thousands of years. And my bet, Sam, and you know I'm pretty good at this, my bet is there is technology down there still operating, sending signals to someone, and all you have to do is go and look at it. The beauty of what we do is that everything is measurable. If you can measure it, you can scientifically prove it. Like Goran said, there are so many measurements telling us that this complex is a result of intelligent hands. The way they laid out those structures, their heights, the distances, the shapes, the number of them, the tunnels. But, you know, if we cleared two or two and a half miles out of 60, it means that this is still the top, the iceberg. If we clean maybe three or four percent of the Bosnian period of the sun, it is still the very beginning. It is like with the Mayan civilization. 97% of the pyramids and temples are still hidden under the layers of soil and vegetation. So what can we say about the civilization based only on 3% of what's been uncovered so far? My guests this morning are Dr. Sam Ismanagic and his... Um friend and radio colleague, Goran uh, Mark Bonovich. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by David Sarita and Maria Wheatley and Jonathan Molnack. And we're going to talk about the February 4th ET communications experiment and how the Bosnian pyramids can actually be involved. You're on the other side of midnight. My name is Richard C. Hoagland. We shall return. Midnight.com. 
tune in to listen to Richard C. Hodland and his fascinating guests. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive member benefits. Listen to past episodes anytime on any device. Search the archives of over 180 episodes. Membership costs $9.95 a month, 33 cents a day. Support that provide you with the most interesting conversation available. Talk radio at the cutting edge of science and thought. The other side of midnight.com. And welcome back, everyone, to the other side of midnight. It is now the witching hour here in the land of enchantment, crossing into midnight, uh, the other side of midnight, as a matter of fact. My guest this morning, Sam Asmonigic and Goran Marjanovic. I'll get that right someday, Goran. Um, I must say I'm, I'm delighted to have the chance to ask you these questions because um, this is just, it's so super cool. I, I, words almost failed me. I want to bring in David Sarita, who is our expert in the communications, the metrology, the frequencies, and the sacred geometry of what we have been sending into outer space and interpreting the signals that we've been getting back. Um, he has been, as you guys have been discussing this, he's been doing calculating and sending me amazing uh, results of these calculations. David, you want to share some of what you've kind of discovered in real time? Well, firstly, I was checking my numbers that I got on the radio corresponding to north latitude and and um, I've got a location just south of the Bosnian pyramid and it's not very far, it's very close, so it could be another underground, um, you know, well, that's where the tunnels are. Yeah, see, as you were talking about, the, at first I rejected the number. It's not very far south of the of the Pyramid of the Sun, but it's um, I'll show. I can send you the number. So that's one thing, and 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 they'll know what those number, how I get those numbers in a minute. But I was doing a calculation on 28 kilohertz, and if I, if I resolve the speed of light in feet divided by four times a monopole whose height is the golden ratio in miles, 1.618033987 miles, I'll get a frequency of 28.782 kilohertz. And then you have to factor in your resistance is due to refractive index and it's also due to resistance in a circuit, like a circuit for example, if I if I have you know hundreds of feet of copper wire, the longer my wire, the the higher the resistance. The thicker the wire, the lower the resistance. So, so if you factor in resistance, we might be right around 28 kilohertz. So, what the first thing I would ask them is, is your meter that you're measuring the radio frequency is it exactly 28 kilohertz, or is there some more numbers left over in the decimal, so that that's important. Because hang on, hang on. That's a Goring question. Goring, go ahead. 
Yes, not exactly 28 kilohertz, but in some little bit or more about that number. Yeah, it might oscillate more or less, but the the yeah. fact that a monopole, you know, golden ratio in miles, you know, it's wavelength times four, the speed of light divided by that wavelength is so close to your 28 kilohertz is definitely remarkable, yes. needs to be looked at. And then, of course, you know. So hang on, hang on. So, so you're saying the source could literally be 1.6 miles below the one, no, 1.618 OC3. Well, let's not forget the forget the decimal. It's I'm thinking yeah, about one, how you golden, physically the get the golden there. ratio in miles. Yeah, your monopole at that height is 28.7, and that's with no resistance. You have to understand. The air has a slight refractive index on. So when, when you measure the speed of light, that's in a vacuum. So you yes. have to understand even the air. So you're saying the, we're within the error bars for a source for the signal 1.6 miles below the pyramid. 1.618 Would you stop as, with the decimals? It's, you can't be that <laughs> accurate. Well, I'm talking it, about practicality, digging. If you had to dig, this is billions of oh, dollars. No, 1.618 miles down. Oh yeah, I see what you mean. The bottom of it. Yes, where the trend, where the technology is, is doing the transmission. Because I don't think it's a natural resonance between ferric plates and water and all that. I think there's a literal cache of ET, ancient human high tech, preserved in a set of chambers 1.6 miles below the surface of the Earth there in the Bosnian Valley. So yeah, that's that's within your golden ratio number. Of course, that's in miles, and miles are five thousand two hundred eighty feet in a mile. So, so again, you know, when did the mile arrive on the scene? How old? It's is an extraordinarily structure? ancient measurement. Five thousand two hundred eighty feet is, I know. is one of those ancient and also, sacred measurements. Okay. And and also the the you have to understand time dilation and time travel. Like I've seen the Great Pyramid resolve beautifully in certain facets in metric but it, it doesn't resolve better than the royal cubit at 20.601 i'll tell you that it doesn't it but nevertheless at 280 cubits but nevertheless there there are different units of measure like a frequency doesn't care about your unit of measure but you can you can measure your monopole in metric or feet, or Greek feet, or whatever you want, your frequency is going to be the same. It doesn't change. And that's the beauty of frequency. And ratio doesn't change that much according to units of measure either. So ratio and frequency are universal. They don't care about your unit measurement at all. So the other thing, again, is I was going through the way I take the data coming in on the handheld radios, Okay, now remember, these guys know nothing about what we're talking about. Yeah, so you, have, you, ha- about. you have to start at square one. And in fact, this well, is, this is, at, hang on, hang on. This would be a great time to lay out what we did with Oumuamua, how we're receiving signals, your idea that they're not electromagnetic, and how we can get Sam and Gorin the same equipment to be part of the experiment on the force. So start at the beginning. So at the beginning, both Tesla and Marconi, this was reported in Collier's Weekly in the early 1900s. They, okay, first of all, Tesla has a radio patent. I'm sure they're aware of it. It's an alternating 
current-powered radio transmitter that was it was approximately 1.618 times the speed of light. And I found that very interesting. It's very close to that. Yes. Yeah. And, of course, the way they measured the speed of light and measuring it in those days is not as accurate as today. So it could have been exactly the speed of 1 to 1.618 of the speed of light. So that that's an important fact. But second, that Tesla and Marconi reported this strange phenomena on their on their early radio systems that sounded like Morse code, and they thought it was extraterrestrial communication. Now, we have duplicated that same thing today, um, which was discovered by an amateur radio um, person named Jimmy Blanchett, who Jimmy, you know, built this incredible antenna who's, who has dozens of dipoles whose length is a Hebrew long cubit, 20.4 something inches long each, so that they, um, they produce um, signals of 144.1 megahertz as, as monopoles. So he's got all these dozens of monopoles, you know, um, on his, you have to see his antenna for, for me to explain this to you. So what we did is Jimmy noted on these particular radios that if we tune the radio what, what, to what, either... What, what, what particular radio? It's a Baofeng um, handheld radio. Commercially available. It, it's, it, they're available on eBay, even though the FCC has banned the, the sale of them. They, in the United people, States only. In the United States. You can still buy them online. We're not communicating on them the way people communicate with radios. We don't use our voices at all. So what Jimmy did is he sent out a series of signals, which are sacred numbers designed by myself and him, as well as a piece of music and pictograms to certain targets in the solar system. And then we listen for a response on these handheld radios at the same frequency that we, we used as a carrier wave. And we used 432 megahertz, and we used 144.1 megahertz. Now, if you take 144.1 um, yards, it converts to 432.3 feet. So that the, it's a ratio of one to three, basically. So the, those two frequencies were used as the carriers and then we tune our radios to those frequencies and listen. And when we okay, listen... Okay, let, let me stop you again. Why did you choose to listen on the handheld radios? Why didn't you use the antenna system that Jimmy has in Prescott, Arizona, and simply use the receiver to listen on the same frequency when you weren't transmitting? How did the handheld radios come into <clears throat> vogue? Well, this is Jimmy's discovery, and and when when Jimmy discovered it, this would be in 2017, approximately the time that Amuamu was approaching our solar system. This is this is when he he in, you know, kind of accidentally stumbled upon this as as a ham radio operator, and he he didn't know that Tesla and Marconi were recording something very similar that sounded like Morse code. But when you when you listen to it, it's not Morse code. There is no Morse code there. So Jimmy started spectroanalyzing the data coming in on some of his early transmissions, and he got these eight sacred numbers. They're incredible numbers. 
And then we also were able to resolve a ratio of, I think it's 43,200,000 divided by... Um, David, divided. I, don't, I, I don't want to seem dumb, but how did the handheld radios come into it? Well, that's what I mean. He, he just logically listened at the same frequency that he was transmitting on on the handheld radios. But why didn't he start... listen with his own receivers on well, his that's, antenna? That's a, question, that's a question to ask him I've never asked. So I you don't have... know. Okay. I, I got... don't know, but I think Jimmy and I did have that conversation once. And he said that when he listened on the main antenna, nothing was happening. That's what he told me a few weeks yeah. ago. Right. But, but I don't know, and I guess you don't know, why he picked this particular Chinese brand of handheld transceiver. So maybe he was guided to it. Like, and that somehow this little radio, which is about 35 bucks, it had this same type of circuit that tuned into the same phenomena both Tesla and Marconi reported. And so what we started doing and noticing is these chirps contained in 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 the chirps are multiple frequencies, tons of yeah, Hang on a second. Sam, do you have to go take care of your dog? Yes. <laughs> Dogs are welcome here. Remember when Morale used to bark because she wanted my attention? And I was talking to all these strangers over the world and she would demand attention at the top of the stairs. So we're very right, right, familiar. Right at the right time. We're very familiar with dogs needing attention. And tuning, and they, and they're very sensitive to frequency too. So, so anyway, what I did is I put a frequency meter accurate to two decimals in front of my radio when it's chirping, and I started recording the numbers. And and you're you're not getting repetition of numbers. You're getting you're getting wave structure that that resembles language, the, the randomness of language. And these numbers, I started writing them down, and then I started doing screen grabs off of my meter. And when I looked at the numbers, using a very simple form of decryption, which just is square rooting and um, using the square root and, and also one to the ratio of the frequency of transmission, and all of a sudden, all the magic numbers started appearing in front of me. And we got the speed of light. We got the number 56 that corresponded to the, you know, Stonehenge 1 with the help of Maria Wheatley and Richard. They knew what the number 56 meant. And the number 56 also corresponds to incredible ratios in the Great Pyramid of Egypt, by the way. I just figured out. And then we got locations of sacred sites on the earth in in the numbers, in the form of 10 base um, latitude, longitude. And it's amazing how, how accurate these numbers are. Like literally, one of the numbers I got, which I thought was the speed of light in 10 base, happens to just be the, the, the location of the Great Pyramid of Egypt. But it's so precise that it takes me right to the north entrance and just inside the grand gallery from the top. Like that's how accurate these numbers are that are coming in on these radios. And the chances of a number like that coming in and lining up with anything on the earth of any significance is billions against you. So, and so I, 
I've recorded the numbers. Jonathan Womack has done incredible analysis of the acoustics of, of the chirps by changing the speed and the velocity of the sound. And we've also brought in a, a world-class musician who, who knows a lot about taking frequencies and converting them into, into real numerical data. And when he gave us a chart yesterday, Thomas Mathers, and when I was looking at the ratio between his wave peaks, we saw the ratio of the Ark of the Covenant, which is 1 to 1.6666. If you take 1.5 cubits by 2.5, it's a ratio of 1 to infinite sixes. So when we were looking at this, we're, we're seeing sacred sites, sacred relics, and sacred locations on the planet, and, and nothing much in between, meaning the numbers we were getting we're not throwing us out into the middle of the ocean, you know, somewhere where there's there's just a bunch of okay, fish. Okay, David, hang on one second. Goran, you there? Yes. Okay, we are going to write up a document where all of this is in a coherent A, B, C, D metonymic form in a paper and send it to you, in, including the protocols that Maria is going to describe when we bring her on shortly that she's going to be conducting a Stonehenge on on uh, Friday uh, morning the fourth uh, in 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 Britain, and so you will have a background in the technology, in the procedures we're going to follow, and in how you there in Bosnia can participate. Because I foresee three things that need to be looked at. One is how one of these handheld radios responds when it's on the pyramid. How a, an identical radio responds when it's in the tunnels 300 feet below the ground, and David will explain why in a second for that. And third, if the beam itself, the 28 kilohertz beam on that morning suddenly is modulated because it's being resonated by what Marie is going to do at Stonehenge. So this will all be in a paper, in a document, and we'll have plenty of time to go back and forth and resolve questions and mysteries and, you know, engineering problems and all that. So, David, talk about why putting one of the radios deep underground is a key part of the experiment. Well, first of all, if you put the radio deep underground, no electromagnetism is going to get in there. But one thing we've noticed using the Trifield TF2 meter, which can see, I believe, you know, over 6 gigahertz, is we're not seeing any RF coming in when the radio is chirping. Yet, if I remove the antenna on the radio, there is no more chirping. But the other thing that should be noted is I got a number 20.601, which happens to be the most perfect roll cubit that resolves the remains of Noah's Ark on Mount Ararat, as well as the height of the Great Pyramid, according to Le Miseria's final measurement. It, it happened to be the south latitude of the Tonga explosion two days ago, 20.601 south latitude crosses right through the midsection of the explosion. And I've got an image of from, from the U.S. Geological Survey of the earthquake that struck in tandem with the explosion, and it's right there. <laughs> and so we were, I was also getting all these numbers that were, that were different interpretations of 
the royal cubit because the royal cubit ranges between 20.61 and 20.83 on the rulers which to me proves the egyptians didn't build the pyramid because they didn't know the perfect royal cubit was 20.601 inches and 20.601 inches doesn't resolve to anything perfect in metric like it doesn't resolve to a perfect centimeter so the point is, at 480.69 feet, 20.601 inches is exactly 280 cubits. But the question is, when I got the number on my radio, I thought, they're sending me the cubit. But then when Tonga exploded, it's at 20.601 south latitude. It runs right through the, the you know, it's a big area, right? It's not one tiny dot. The explosion has a, has a pretty huge radius. So your 20.601 runs right through it. And and the question is, was that a prediction? Because we got that data two weeks before the Tonga explosion. But now I'm looking at a number, and it's just south of the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun. And when I say just south, it's not far. I, I'd have to measure on Google Earth, and, and we could you know look at the exact – I mean, this is right down to the – a couple of feet. Well, are we talking hundreds of feet or a thousand feet, something like that? Oh no, no, it's further than a thousand feet. No, no, it's 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 probably uh, miles, like you know, a matter of. Well, miles. remember uh, the 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 uh, the tunnels and Sam, are you back with us? Yes. The tunnels are miles from the base of the pyramid. Right. South. So that's what makes me interested. So in that's where the damn number. coordinates they're giving us are pinpointing. Sam, your tunnels. So I, I'll give you the numbers, and then we can look at it and see. This came in on my radio, this particular number. Like, for example, you guys, if I go to Chichen Itza, I'm, again, go to Google Earth and change your degrees, minutes, and seconds to digital. That's the first thing you got to do. And then when you look at Chichen Itza, it's 20.682 right on the top, and that's your that's – your, um, North latitude. Well, that's within the range of a cubit, of a royal cubit, right? 20.61 to 20.83. The location of Chichen Itza just happens to be a north latitude that lines up with with one of the acceptable ranges of a cubit. Now, when I go to the pyramid of the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun, Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun, and I'm going to look at my north. This is real time science, folks. And again, these numbers are coming in on my radio. So, I mean, and I don't have thousands of numbers. I mean, it's, okay, so Pyramid of the Sun, right on the center of the top, is 43.976 north. And the number I got on my radio was 44-something. So a degree, I mean, 43.97 is almost 44, right? Like, it's... So I'm, when I say south of you, the number I got is is really not that far. It's probably no more than a few, uh, no more than a. I don't know. I've got to get the number in front of me again. I was doing this when you guys were talking, and then I threw it away because I said it's not close enough. <laughs> so I got to do it all over again. But I, I will. David, David, mind the following. When it comes to sacred geometry, our first equilateral triangles we get when we connect the tops of the Bosnian Pyramid of Love, Temple of Mother Earth, entrance to the tunnel. The second equilateral triangle, which is much larger, the top of the 
Bosnian pyramid of the sun, moon, and dragon. The third one, which is even larger, we have two tumulus complexes. Probably there are some more, but like I said, some of those structures are even uh, either you know, still covered by soil or maybe destroyed during the last uh, flood. So probably they are pointing to one of the structures which we are not aware of at this time. And since I'm talking, you did ask one important question about the precise frequency. And let me read you a conclusion from one of our reports. Effect of the total moon eclipse from July 27, 2018 to the energy being the presence of far greater number of electrical signals, nearly double stronger electrical fields, with a more pronounced signal of 28.8. Oh my God. Kilohertz and Goran, I don't know if you remember that. These are your numbers, these are your measurements. And when I go back to the chat room, the numbers you are giving us is 28.8. Seven eight, which is basically seven eight twenty eight seven eight two. So we're like a smidgen away. I'm getting chills. I'm getting. Oh my god! So that's the frequency coming off a golden ratio monopole in miles (laughs) of a transmitter one point six one eight miles below the damn pyramid. The bottom of it would be down there. Yeah. So that's where the. I mean, that's where the equipment is hanging out. You, you know why you would put a, a monopole in the earth like that is because the, the Schumann resonance would power it or the like these are experiments Tesla did. I remember when he shorted out the whole state of Colorado because <laughs> he captured the he, he, he captured the timing of the Schumann resonance and it blew the whole state. In other words, if you earth. want to produce a perpetual beacon that's right, basically right. powered by the field itself that will last for as long as the technology, and the technology burying it almost two miles deep, it's in some kind of chamber, Sam, that's been incredibly protected from atmospheric and corrosion and all that stuff. There's something incredible down there to go and look at. Yeah, you can, you can get a drill bit to go. No, 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 no. Point. There's got to be a waveguide that lets you just slide no, no, right I down. Mean, you can... You can do a soil sample 1.618 miles deep and see what what it's made of without, like, right next to the pyramid without damaging anything. You can. Well, that I depends mean, on the legal structure of the Bosnian government, right, Sam? I mean, it's it's pretty deep. I remember seeing wells in Saudi Arabia that were several kilometers. Oh down. yeah, no, no, you can you can do slant drilling, but is there a place you could do slant drilling? I would say use the tunnels that exist. Oh, think? that's incredible that you got you got twenty eight point eight oh kilohertz. <laughs> that, that's your na- magic number. You're right there. <laughs> this is called science, guys. Okay, Jonathan, uh, we need a little tutorial on what you've been doing, and then play the tones. Sure. I I did have one question. Uh, Whatever. Sam, go ahead. Is there any chance you can gain access to ground penetrating radar and see? Not two tools? miles down. No, 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 no. Well, uh, we have uh, used it twice. Institute from uh, for uh, geophysics from Belgrade, Serbia, and another one from Germany. 
at the time when I was hiding them, they said they should have exact results for at least 20 meters in depth, or about 55 feet. But when they came to the actual site, the precise results of what was below was only four and a half, five meters, or 16 feet. We have so many clay layers, which really was not um, uh, enabled them to go deeper and give us more precise results. This is what's commercially available. However, even through the military satellites, you can go much deeper with the good results. And I had one of uh, you know, our uh, geophysicists, his PhD, back in 2006, who had the access to the military satellite. And he told us that 100 meters, 330 feet below the access plateau, which leads to the base of the sun, there was, there were, you know, the tunnels, which were still open. It's 100 meters, it's a lot. However, they started questioning him from NASA and from, you know, U.S. military, so he stopped cooperating with us. Wow. And thirdly, there is a technology developed by Russians, and I was approached by the gentleman from Dubai who really uh, represents their technology, mostly in, uh, you know, for the oil and gas industry, but he claimed that based on different EM frequencies that have been emitted by different materials, by minerals, by gold, by water, by even empty space, he can figure out you know, what we have on what depth. I said, listen, I would be interested in uh, empty uh, spaces, cavities, or the tunnels, and the water. That's what I'm interested in. Yeah. Uh, Sam, Sam, we're at the bottom of the hour. Everybody okay. hold it there. My guest this morning, too numerous to mention. You can look on the website. You will give people's names when we come back. This is extraordinary confirmation. The Bosnian complex is corresponding to the same numerical coefficients and standards and constants that David has been measuring in the return signals from our experimental ET transmissions. More when we return. The site is midnight.com. Talk radio with pictures on demand. Liberate your hyperdimensional time scale and non-linearly access over 400 hours of conversation at the cutting edge of science and thought. Join Club 19.5 to get access to exclusive content that fits your interests and time schedule. Filter episodes by guest or subject. Membership costs $9.95 a month, 33 cents a day. Listen while you travel or as an environment for your endeavors. 
eight cents an episode, two and a half cents per hour of content. The other side of midnight.com. And welcome back, everyone. Last half hour to go on this Sunday night, Monday morning, the 16th, 17th of January, 2022. Maria, I want to bring you in now as I got a couple of questions, but I want you to lay out for Sam and Gorin the basic protocol of what you're going to be doing on the morning of the 4th at Stonehenge. Okay. Yes, on the morning of the 4th, which is a sacred date uh, in bulk, where I'm going to be using, I don't know how to use it yet, but I'm going to be using the the receiver, uh, and I think I might be transmitting. Like I said, I don't know what I will be doing with that frequency meter either, but I'll be using this equipment, and I'll be walking around the 56 blue stones going clockwise at Stonehenge, because that's the phase one, which originally held the blue stones. They got uh, remodeled in Stonehenge uh, phase two. Now, this is the oldest part of the monument. And um, what we don't see today about Stonehenge is that it was the world's largest uh, burial mounds surrounding it, nearly up to 1,000 burial mounds surrounded Stonehenge, equating to the magnitude of the stars, depending on how big they were. You don't see that. Now, one thing I would recommend for the Bosnian pyramids, which was done around Stonehenge, is LIDAR. LIDAR goes through trees, it goes through clay, and that the whole of Stonehenge has been LIDAR'd, as has uh, Avery Henge. So I'll be then going, after I've walked around the 56 blue stones, I will, if I have time, I will go uh, counterclockwise, but if I don't have time, I will then enter Stonehenge phase two, and go inside and take some measurements on the lay line that links Stonehenge to Egypt and off the line as well. I will also be taking it on some very powerful energies, which are not lays, and I will be taking some measurements there. And in a control area, I thought I would pick as well outside of uh, the monument that does not contain any energy. So it should be a very interesting experiment. And also Stonehenge, which you don't see today, was surrounded by a 10-foot chalk wall. So anyone on the inside of Stonehenge, you couldn't see from the outside and vice versa. Hmm. Did we lose Maria? Hello? There you are. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Um, I, I thought we lost you there for a second. So, gentlemen, that's going to be the protocol. And what I would like you to do, uh, Goran particularly, is to measure on the same model handheld radio um, in the, on, on the apex of the pyramid of the sun and in the tunnels, Sam, simultaneously and record on video and in audio everything that comes through. A separate measurement should be of any modulation of the beam emanating from the pyramid itself to see if this activates it, which brings me back to Maria, a key question, is Bosnia on any lay connecting Stonehenge? Into, into that now so I don't have that uh, in front of me at this moment in time but I should have pretty soon and if there is it will come up onto a world grid that we calculate 
Okay. So yeah, I'll be looking forward to to seeing that. So Sam, any questions so far? Well, uh, I think Goran would have, as far as the equipment, we need to uh, apply on February 4th, Goran. Uh, okay, uh, I, I have no momentarily this equipment because uh, what I measure is a very specific energetic forms which are very, very weak uh, signals. Uh, what I measure is uh, magnetotelluric signals uh, uh, which level is very, very low, uh, but we will try to get this equipment which we need and do measuring as you do with the same with the same equipment because uh, what's the problem uh, what we uh, talking about uh, uh, by the way uh, previous uh, discussion was a really great contribution to to, to the uh, new uh, knowledge but uh, uh, what we have to know is that ordinary science know uh, only for uh, electromagnetic waves, which are so-called uh, transversal version of vectorial form uh, of uh, electric and magnetic field. But uh, <laughs> we know that in essence, uh, we have a different kind of energy flows, which uh, Tesla speak about, and that's ethereal flows of longitudinal disturbance of ether as compression and expansion of uh, uh, ether, uh, uh, absolutely similar like uh, sound is uh, a longitudinal uh, wave of uh, disturbance of air molecules. So uh, that's uh, Tesla technologies are dealing with uh, quite different energy forms. Uh, ordinary science uh, uh, explain this reality uh, regarding to only four interactions, basically interactions as electromagnetic, uh, weak, strong, and gravitational force. But we know that it's absolutely impossible to explain our reality via uh, uh, these forces. And... Uh, uh, we have to uh, to call in help a fifth force. Uh, I, I want to remember you that uh, in October 29, 19, a team of scientists from the Hungarian Institute for Nuclear Research published a paper on the detection of the particle X17, that is a protophobic X boson with a mass of 17 uh, mega electron volts, whose properties are so unusual that they cannot be explained by existing currently valid theories using four interactions known to science. As we said, electromagnetically strong and gravitational. Discovery of this particle required introduction of a new fifth force in nature, whose newly discovered particle could be a quantum carrier, and which, according to some of the latest scientific considerations, could be connected with the hypothetical dark matter and dust through the 
quintessence model which e with ether uh, quintessence uh, fifth essence fifth element is the latest cosmological model which by introducing the fifth fundamental force and the fifth element as, as its carrier tries to explain the accelerated expansion of the universe and the fifth element is as we know according to the teachings of the ancients either a perfect fluid of special properties on whose concepts the complete science of the 19th and, and early 20th century is based, including Tesla's etheric technologies. Newton's theory of gravitation, Huygens' wave, and Bernoulli's corpuscular theory of light, and even Maxwell's original theory of electromagnetism. So, only the return to the concept of the ether and reaffirmation of the original theory of uh, James Clerk Maxwell is possible and good way in which all of ideas and explanations of Nikola Tesla etheric technologies which are absolutely similar to the ancient knowledge would return to the scientific fame. So this measurement we will do and I hope that, <laughs> that uh, we will get uh, 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 new values and uh, new insights in, in our, our reality. Does anybody have anything they want to ask Goran or Sam? Well, I'd like to say that I, I, when you understand how tuners work, if, if pyramids are tuned regardless of distance to the same frequency, then they're, they, they form a synchronicity. And the thing about a slope tuner is you have a lot of ability to change the frequency of your slope tuner um, by, I mean, I mean, this is very simple. When you make a crystal radio and you're sliding your, your conductor rod up and down the coil, you're changing frequency. So my question is, is, do you think that this network of pyramids around the planet were somehow um, interconnected to each other? Oh, gorgeous question, David. Gorgeous. And on Mars, too, there's a, another pyramid complex that is resonating with the one in Bosnia is, is what I'm thinking. There Absolutely. Are, there are, yeah, there are thousands of pyramids around the planet. Of course, Mayan pyramids, more than 100,000. And I did mention that they were built on all six continents. However, they were not all built based on the same criteria. Some of them are not regular pyramids. Some of them do not match the cardinal points, east, west, north, south, which is very important. Some of them do not use very hard materials like granite, sandstone, or uh, limestone. Some of them are built by, uh, you know, uh, mud bricks and so on. So if they don't fulfill those criteria, there is no water, there is no quartz crystal, there is no... Then they are not energy amplifiers. So it's not like all the pyramids, you know... Exactly, exactly, so we need to differentiate that. Well, Sam, the way I look at it is you have an original science 
and then you have a decadence and you have cultures you have cultures creating the form but they yes. don't understand the science and the materials required so then, like like for instance the Cahokia mounds outside of St. Louis they look like step pyramids but they're just piled up earth well stop right there out of 120 Cahokia pyramids, 119 has the perfect orientation to the cardinal points. Right. The biggest one, of course, cardinal uh, north, when you say north, it's acoustic north. Yeah, the, the, the location of the earth. Yeah, but the biggest one, at the time it was built, it had the orientation to the magnetic north, which is also very important because, of course, magnetic north moves every year. Before, it would move like three, four, five, six miles a year. Now it's about 26 miles a year because yep. of all the problems that we have on our planet. So even Cahokia Mounds, even though they call them mounds, when I spoke to the archaeologists, they said, actually, we have sandstone plates under the layers of soil and the grass. We have pebbles, rocks, and sand. So we do have construction material. However, no in real scientific investigation has been done on the site. So I would leave that, that one open. Okay. I, I, I'd just like to add in as well about, you know, Monk's Mound uh, in Cahokia. It, uh, it is beneath a big aquifer. It's had a lot of uh, work done with it. Yes. And that's the criteria for most, uh, most pyramids. Plus, Monk's Mound, uh, Cahokia, is at the crossing point of two very, very powerful earth currents. So that's another criteria. Not your tolerant small currents, very wide uh, currents as well. And mounds aren't just heaps of earth. When you look at the construction of some just mounds, they're done like an organ accumulator. Layers of organic, oh, now that's organic interesting. and organic material. So when you look at just a heap of earth, as some people would say, they are not. And that's the criteria on which Silbury Hill and Merlin's Mound were built. Ah. So they are organ accumulators surrounded by water. Silbury Hill was surrounded by water all year round, for example. That's our pyramid over here. So Richard, here's your next show. I just heard the introduction to your next show. <laughs> <laughs> well, once we get once we get finished with phase two, we're yes. going to go to phase three because what we want to do on the fourth is to have Maria be the point of the spear. She's going to do the transmitting, and then she'll listen and record her own, you know, responses if any. Everybody else in the network, and we've got three or four sites now that we probably will have up and running will be receiving only and recording but phase three will be to pick another site another sacred site like maybe bosnia transmit from there and listen in other parts of the network to see if they resonate if they respond if the guys upstairs you know send us the same information on all the radios spread out around the world good yes yeah, maybe if we transmit from the Bosnian pyramid, they'll give us more precise numbers about what missing coordinates. In well, the given that it seems to be the oldest and the most extraordinary of these complexes to have survived, uh, Jonathan, I want to go to you and I want you to play the tones and describe the background of what you're doing. 
Okay. Um, what I started out with was an audio sample, Richard, that you provided me with. Uh, December 24th clicks you received um, from the transmission. And uh, I took a 20-second sample. I think you recorded an hour's worth, or, or two hours. Two hours. Worth, but... I think you two hours of digital yeah. data. Yeah, so I just took a sample, a 20-second sample, and played around with it and slowed it down and stretched out the uh, the frequency range there, the, the hertz and um, decibels a bit. And so the the images in my items are uh, the most recent that I I worked on. And what I found interesting, and, and Richard, you mentioned this too, as soon as you saw it, was that these peaks are layered with they're feathered and it just tells us that there's a lot of information embedded into these receptions that we're getting these radio signals and there's got to be subcarrier waves in there that you know like uh, david said we could put through a tele old television set and you know, we might see an actual, we'd see video and audio. So I'll tell you uh, what, but before you play yours, let me play the raw data, because I don't think Sam or Gorin have heard what the raw data sounds like. So let me do that, and then we'll go to your, your material, okay? This is the test transmission on the 4th of December, and these are the responses that David recorded from his radio, um, handheld radio, with an acoustic microphone. This is not digital, and it appears that the signals are slightly different depending upon how you record them. So this is, I'm going to play the originals first, then we're going to play a slowed-down version, and then we do that four times, and we can dump out of it uh, relatively quickly because we've got about 10 minutes till the end of the show. So this is what it sounds like when we're getting responses that give us the numbers that David has decoded into very specific, incredibly specific information. Ready? Cool. This is slowed down. This is the original. We call them chirps. Slow down. That's from December. That's December fourth. This is from this is from December fourth. Yeah. Okay. So we can we can get out of that. Okay. Now what what uh, John did is he took um, the transmissions and receptions from the 24th, because we transmitted every weekend through that month, uh, and we decided to do it Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and the day after Christmas. I sent him two hours of digitally recorded data during the transmissions and for half an hour afterwards, and then an hour after that, and then he took out about 20 seconds and those are the first two graphs that you have in your items, number one and number two, right? Explain what we're seeing. 
Well, I slowed down the transmission and uh, the, you know, the time and the pitch. And then because Thomas mentioned last week that um, they sounded like they were being played backwards. So I'm, I'm running the sound backwards in this clip here. It's slowed down and run backwards. So okay. whenever you're ready. Go, go for it. reminds me on the uh, signal that we got on the top of the Bosnian pyramid of the sun, which we translated to the sound. It's rather similar. Not the same, but it is similar. Hmm. Now, what was the sound you got again? Well, actually, it was more in the form of an electromagnetic field. And um, was it in the audio range? Yes, it was. Okay. Okay. Could you send us a recording? Yes. Let me. David, you might find more numbers. Yeah, I. Well, if you give me the sound, we could run it through my frequency meter and see what numbers come out. See, Goran, while, while the, Sam is typing and sending David uh, something or put, putting it in, this, in the Skype window, what we seem to be seeing is a signal that is not RF, that's not electromagnetic. So if it isn't standard electromagnetic transverse waves, how could you activate a handheld radio with an antenna unless you have another mode of communication, which is modulating the field itself, the ether, with, with some kind of scalar components. I, I already said that uh, all electromagnetic, electric or magnetic fields are only the shadows or, or of uh, real uh, energy flow. Exactly, okay. But what is, uh, what is uh, of... Uh, Greatest importance is a, is a term of resonance because you now know that uh, uh, resonance is the other word for the simultaneity. And simultaneity means unlimited velocity of propagation. <laughs> this means that we uh, uh, can get the uh, same results on the Earth, on the Mars, on the Proxima Centauri, etc., etc., but uh, that's not uh, agreed in, in in agreement with ordinary science. But well, the measurements well, which we done uh, confirm that possibility. Uh, what is more than interesting? I forgot to say that uh, same frequency of uh, 28 kilohertz we find 
on uh, Rtaj Mountain, which is in Serbia, and which is uh, exactly 300 kilometers from the Visočica Hill or Pyramid of the Sun in Visoko. Exactly 300 kilometers, which is a decadal multiple of velocity of the light. But uh, what is more interesting, as we said, uh, height uh, or altitude of uh, Visočica Hill is exactly the same as the length of uh, Tesla secondar coil wire. <laughs> but uh, 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 altitude of uh, Rutan is double the value of altitude, exactly the double value of altitude of Visočica. <laughs> hmm. 1,565 meters divided by two, we get uh, height of Visočica. So we have wave mechanics uh, and uh, in, in the we have a resonant mechanism and connection which uh, uh, has uh, its uh, quali uh, qualities but uh, also possibilities for communication if we use different kind of quantum carrier. Quantum carrier for uh, electromagnetic waves is a photon but uh, 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 we know for the subtler form of uh, 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 structure of universe, uh, 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 like uh, Mula Prakriti that is described in Vedas and uh, which has a mass uh, uh, about 10 power minus 55, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> which is uh, very, very far from neutrinos, electrons, etc., etc. But uh, uh, Mula Prakriti, regarding my investigations, is a, uh, uh, a quantum carrier of Akasha. So the, the real energy flows, which we call Raichi, Prana, etc., which is in pseudoscience, are really real. <laughs> and what we measure is, is their uh, uh, shadows and the properties are quite different from properties of uh, propagation of electromagnetic waves. Which yeah, is which is not... which is Goran, and we're running out of time. Which is what our signals seem to be okay. telling us. Now, two, two, one last thing. We're, we're going to fist up again next Saturday for the team. We're going to create a document to send to everyone in this loop, so that everybody's on the same page for what to do and when to do it. And we have plenty of time for questions. And we're, we're basically out of time tonight because this has been one heck of an evening. Sam, I want to thank you. I want to thank Goran. I want to thank David and Maria and Jonathan and, of Hi, course, Ed. Keith and Ron. Um, we will include you next week. <laughs> That's all I can say. We are out of time. Hey, guys, thanks again. And it's been an extraordinary adventure, which is just beginning. So until next weekend, same time, same bat channel, remember, third star on the left, straight on to morning. Good night, everyone.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.